Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon. My name is Jeanette Abney, and I want to thank you for joining me here at Precious Predicaments Blog Talk Radio, where today is Tuesday, February the, I want to say, the 3rd, and I want to thank my loyal listeners as you have basically been very instrumental in motivating me to continue to come up with these topics and talk about these different issues, as well as the clients that I serve and my family members. Now, today, you guys got to excuse me because I guess a little cold is getting the best of me, but I'm going to make it work. If I keep getting the sniffles, I just want you to know I'm not crying. I just don't feel good today, but I'm going to let it do what it do. Now, today's topic, we're going to be talking about parent-child relational issues. Now, when we started talking about parent-child relational issues, it seems like parenting today is a little bit different than the way it was or the way it used to be years ago, especially when I was a kid growing up, because we was taught that kids were to be basically seen and not heard. A lot of kids, basically, we were afraid of our parents, and we viewed it as respect. But today we're seeing things a whole lot differently, especially myself, Jeanette Abney, as a licensed therapist, because a lot of times I have parents either coming to me or kids coming to me, teenagers, young adults, and a lot of issues that they are coming into therapy is basically rooted in their childhood experience or their relationship that they have had either with their parent or their primary caregiver. Now, I want to say, as we even talking about this show, is that, and I'm mentioning that when it comes to parenting, there appears to be a disconnect because part of this disconnect is also how parents are engaging. Now, the question remains, should parents adapt their parenting styles? Or is there really something, sometimes people say, there's something wrong with my kid, can you fix them? So let's talk about it. Now, the relationship between children and their parents, or primary caregiver, is one of the most important relationships there is. You know, as I'm doing and putting this show together, I was thinking about what they were talking about when Kobe Bryant's body was found. Apparently they said that he was um, hugging or holding his daughter. And, you know, when we start talking about that bond, that bond is supposed to be unbreakable. And if that bond is supposed to be unbreakable, what is happening here when it comes to this relationship now? Because with there being a disconnect, and we're seeing this so much in therapy where a lot of times children as well as their parents are struggling to get along, we're now trying to figure out what can be done How do we basically bridge this gap and restore families because this is getting out of control? Now, if you want to call in and you want to share or you have some some insight or some tips or tools or different things you want to say as it relates to this topic, give us a call at 516-387-1914 because I would love to hear your input, your suggestions, because a lot of times we have things that we want to share, and sometimes people are shy or they don't want to talk about it on the air. And if you want to send me a text and you have my phone number, you can also do that too. Now, I'm looking at some of the information that I had received when I was putting this show together, 
And I found it to be very interesting because when we start talking about the different types of parenting styles, which is one of the things that I indicated, is because these styles have basically kind of changed. Now, not only with the parenting styles, before I even get to the styles, I want to talk about the types of parent-child relationships. And the information that I found basically indicate that there are primarily four categories of parent-child relationship. We have what's called a secure relationship, an avoidant relationship, ambivalent relationship, and a disorganized relationship. And I want to say with a disorganized relationship, that's the one we start talking about. We grew up in a dysfunctional family or, you know, our parents was a hot mess or the kids was a hot mess. And that's one of the things that we mostly seen growing up. But what we really want to strive for is basically the secure relationship. And that's the reason for the show. And that is basically why this show was designed so we can try to get back to that. Now, when we talk about these different types of things, and like I said, and we all know that there's no such thing as a perfect parent. We get that. And there's no such thing as a perfect kid. So, therefore, what is one to do when we start talking about that relationship and how can we find a happy medium? Now, I'm trying to – I'm looking up something – as we are doing this, so parents, oh, God, this cold is kicking my butt. Okay, so when we start talking about the different types of relationships, and some would say, and I want to hear when when people start talking about that, I remember just even talking about just the parent-child relationship. We used to say whether our parents were strict whether our parents was nurturing, whether our parents were kind, you know, that was the way we used to try to describe it back then. Now, I know it seems like I'm jumping all over the place. Part of it is because I don't feel good. But I want to say, first of all, why is it important? I have some information, and it came from a parenting blog in regards to why is this relationship important. Because sometimes we start talking about the avoidance and people not getting alone. It's important because parenting, first of all, is one of the most fulfilling jobs that individuals will ever, ever have. And it's crazy because I remember when my son turned 18, which he will be 35 in um, a few weeks, I remember writing on his cake at 18, Welcome to Manhood. And part of that was because I didn't understand the transition between him being born a toddler, a adolescent, a young adult. So by the time he became a young adult, I thought I was done. And I didn't realize that I had way more problems when he became a young adult than I did when he was even a teenager. Now, when we start talking about these different challenges, and modern family life can be stressful, and with various pressures on family, it's not always easy because we also have CPS, we have, you know, sometimes the schools get involved, communities are not as tight-knit as they used to be. But with all of these pressures, but ultimately parents want the best for their child, and they want a strong parent-child relationship. And that 
can help lead to better outcomes for children. Now, I have someone calling in. Let me log this person on. <laughs> Hi, this is Jeanette. Welcome to Precious Predicaments. How are you doing? Good. How are you? I am so glad you called. I really wish you was in the office, but I'm glad you called. How are you doing? Good. Okay. Today's topic, we're talking about parent-child relational issues. And I'm going to get into some of the issues that most people be having with their children or even with a young adult. But I was starting out mm-hmm. by talking about why this is so important. And a lot of times individuals don't realize that when we have these relational issues, how we carry this baggage into our, you know, it becomes personal. It shapes our self-esteem, mm-hmm. our self-worth. It has a lot to do sometimes with how we parent our children based on the way we were parented. We'll say we don't want to be like our parent. And sometimes I have to look in the mirror, and when I'm looking in the mirror, I scare myself because I look so much like my mama, too. It's ridiculous, Mm -hmm. you know. But the parent-child relationship, like I said, is one that nurtures the physical, emotional, and social development of the child. It's that unique bond that every child and parent that they should enjoy and nurture, but sometimes they don't. So, Thea, let's talk about this. What What do you want to add to this show when we talk about the parent-child relational issues? I think, okay, I read your um, text message, but I think, you know, we don't need to change our parenting styles because, I mean, not unless we were just abusive and abrasive, but um, I think for the most part, how we start raising our children from the time they're young to the time they reach adulthood we need to be consistent because that consistency in the long run, I think our children will respect it. Like I said, if we weren't into, well, like for me, it's, um, things are changing with my child, with my children because they're grown. I've had to learn to respect my son, but as far as parenting skills, I think the ones that we have when they're little are the best ones to stick with because if we can give them some kind of consistency and regularity, I think they will respect that in the long run. Mm-hmm. Well, when we start talking about parenting styles, sometimes our parenting styles is kind of like our communication styles. And a lot of times people don't even know what those parenting styles are. We used to say whether our parents were strict or whether our parents basically, my mother used to say, you see that kid across the street? That kid can do whatever they want to do. Their parents don't care. And we thought that was the fun house. We thought that was the party house. But we didn't realize we about authoritarian or authoritative or a parent that's permissive, and then you have, you know, all these different types of parenting styles. So a lot of times the styles are even changing whether we want it to change or not because we're trying to adapt to our child because each child is unique. So if I'm very, okay, I'll give you an example. With Ryder, you can't be passive with Ryder. You don't want to be overly aggressive with Ryder because if you overly aggressive with Ryder, Ryder will be overly aggressive with you. I remember mm-hmm. I'll never and my daughter always tell me, I used to say, Well, when he get a little older, I'll take him. When he get a little older, I'll I'll watch him more. Shoot. Sometimes mm-hmm. I try to watch from Ryder. But I remember one thing no, Christmas. One Christmas Tisha wanted me to babysit Ryder. Girl Tisha wasn't even gone five minutes before I was calling her like, um, come get him. Ryder was taking stuff <laughs> off the Christmas tree and throwing it on the floor. So I called myself to put Ryder and time him out. Ryder was being handy mandy. Ryder grabbed him a little play hammer and started banging on the walls. And I was just like, no. But what I said to Ryder was, I looked Ryder in the face, and I said, Ryder, I said, 
I am not the one. Ryder looked at me and said, I'm not the one either. I said, oh, hell no. (laughs) You don't just tell me I'm not the one either. And I think he was only like two years old. You know, but the thing is, I didn't have those behavior problems with my kids when they were that young. But I was like, okay, here we go. Now, I've got the parenting style, but I want to give the individuals or the listeners, and basically this is what it says. It says four parenting styles, what works and what doesn't. The authoritarian. The authoritarian parent is the one that's controlling and strict. Rules are to be obeyed at all costs, no give or take. Then you have what's called the authoritative. They are assertive. They are in control. There are rules, but with communication and understanding. You have the permissive, lack of control, lenient, more of a friend than a parent. And if there are rules, they aren't enforced. And then we have the uninvolved. No demands or consequences for bad behavior. The parent is neglectful of the child. Now, with just those, and like I said, and things have changed a little bit, but these styles can have effect on a child later on in life. Because if you're so strict, as soon as your child is set free, sometimes all hell can break out. But then again, it mm-hmm. also depends on the child. What about you, Thea? When you was growing up, and just your parenting style, what was your parents your parent style? My mom was very, very strict. She was more strict on me than she was on my brother. And what you said right now is so true. When you have a parent that's super strict on the child, the first time they get to go go wild, that's exactly what I did. Because I went I went crazy wild. But with my brother, my mother was more lenient with him. I, you know, I used to call him the golden child because it was like he couldn't do nothing wrong, even though he was he was cutting up. In the long run, it didn't make a difference between either one of us. I mean, I went crazy wild, and he was the one that, even though he was wild his whole life growing up, he tried to kind of tone it down. But he still got into as much as much. I mean, he got into trouble. He wasn't that good at school. Where my mother was strict with me. It helped me as far as education. I got my I got my education out of the way. My brother's in his fifties and just now working on getting his GED, you know. But um mm-hmm. as far but the the strictness, you know, I think the second parenting style you commented on, that would be the best route to go because children have to have rules for starters. When they don't and they go wild at a young age, by the time they reach their teens, you may as well forget trying to tell them something because it's not going to happen. And a child with no rules grows up with no respect for any any kind of authority. Mm-hmm. But, but a child with too many rules, too much strictness is going to, at one point, it's inevitable that they're going to rebel and do what they want the first chance they get. And and the consequences are going to come, but by that point, it's not it's not really going to have too much of an effect. I know it didn't for me, not until I started to get older. And I, and then I got to thinking, it's not it's not been too many situations in my life where I was doing what I wanted to do, going crazy and going wild, when I thought my mother just didn't want me to have no fun. I realized she was trying to save me a lot of pain and heartache in life. Mm-hmm. But it was you the know, way she did it. Mm-hmm. It was the way she did it that made me rebel. 
Mm-hmm. It's interesting you said that because a lot of that had to do with the relational issue between just me and my mom because my mother was very strict. She was strict in some areas, and then in other areas it seemed like she was submissive because she would basically make it seem like, okay, everything was okay. It was what she wanted, and, and it, it gave me mixed messages. Now, when we start talking about these different things, because we're going to go into these different types of relationships and the relational issues that they have, but just with those four types of um parenting styles. Now, with authoritarian parents, and we talk about um, just some of the responses, and I'm getting this information from lifeadvancers.com. And I like how with authoritarian parents, they say, absolutely not, and you are not to see them ever again, meaning they're going to tell you what to do. When you, this is the example that they give. Your younger teenager wants a new boyfriend, girlfriend to stay overnight at your house in their bedroom, but you suspect they have, will have sex. The authoritarian parent will be like, uh-uh, no, you ain't doing that. The authoritative parents will say, no, you're too young, but we would like to, you know, meet their parents, get to know them better, where they'll talk to you a little bit. The permissive parent will say, okay, but make sure you use protection, and an uninvolved parent will say, well, do what you want. Now, when we start talking about these different things, even with the authoritarian parent parenting, children should be seen, not heard. Your children's feelings are not taken into consideration. And you don't like being challenged. And that's interesting because when we start talking about even going into the military or in the workforce, a lot of times with individuals that parents that were too strict, it can affect their self-esteem, their self-worth. And another thing when we start talking about even with the authoritarian and how your child of an authoritarian parent spouse may grow up, they learn to follow rules without questions, with a low self-esteem, anger towards people in authority, lack spontaneity, and lie to avoid punishment. Now, mm-hmm. do you have an authoritarian parent style, meaning you employ zero tolerance? There are a lot of rules in your family. You think other children have it easy. Your house is always quiet, and you have no time for silly behavior. Now, mm-hmm. that is sometimes way too much, and that's what I meant by if you're doing that, you may want to adapt your style because sometimes we don't realize that we're causing our children more harm than we are good. Now, with the authoritative parenting, you enforce rules, but you give consequences, but you take your child's feelings into consideration. That makes a difference, Thea, because a lot of times, even young adults and coming into therapy, one of the issues that they have with their parent-child relationship is they feel that there's poor communication, they're not being heard, sometimes there was abuse, unforgiveness. There's a lot of different things going on. But when you feel that your feelings are being taken into consideration, that is heavy. What is your comment in regards to that? Well, yes, because when a young person knows that they're being heard by their parents, they may not appreciate, I'm not going to say understand, because I think a lot of times, like I think when I was growing up, I kind of understood my mom's point of view, but like you said, seeing other girls and the freedom they had and the way they were, things was going on for them, my brother, even though he was five years older than me, my mom let him do a lot of things. But like you said, my mother never, I couldn't talk to my mother. My mother didn't try talking to me. But I think when we communicate with our youngsters and they know that we hear them and it's a two-way conversation, it makes a difference. They'll accept those rules. 
because mm-hmm. they respect you as a parent. You show them that you respect them, even though they're the child. They appreciate that, too, because they know that they're being heard. They know they got their point across. They may not like how you're dealing with the situation, but they come to be okay with it because they know they can come talk to you about it. Mm-hmm. It makes all you're the right. difference in the world being able to talk to your parent. Correct. Correct, and that basically makes a healthy relationship later on. Now, when we start talking about, and that was just the authoritarian, now the, with the authoritative, when we start talking about that is when they grow up and that parent is out, they can be well-adjusted, confident, cooperative, and warm, able to negotiate through life, weighing up co- the consequences of their own actions, and they make their own decisions. Now, also, there basically there's clear boundaries are enforced with an explanation and reason. See, a lot of parents will say, well, I'm the boss. When in Rome, do as Roman. What I say, go. That makes absolutely no sense. And later on, those are consequences that could basically hinder the relationship. And another thing with the authoritative parenting style is you don't react in anger when your child has made a mistake. There's consequences to bad choices, but rewards are also there for good behavior, and you're emotionally responsive for your children. Now, with permissive parenting, rules are set but rarely enforced. Children do not learn about consequences of their actions, and you don't interfere with your child's behavior. The permissive parents are lenient. They will only get involved if a problem arises. And the problem with that is sometimes people don't like um, confrontation. And that style is a problem. And with the uninvolved parent, you don't even ask your child about school, homework. You rarely know where your child is. And your needs of your child is being ignored. Sometimes the parents will basically say, I'm just going to provide the basic minimum, which includes food, shelter, clothing. But apart from that, there's very little nurturing or love. And furthermore, the uninvolved parents do not provide psychological or meet their children's emotional needs. And so when we start talking about that, that is a problem because when people's needs go unmet, even as a child, then there becomes an issue later on in life. Now, any comments or questions now as it relates to the different parenting styles that I just shared? Yes, I think a lot of um we see that we see a lot of that now, you know, today with um cell phones being so popular and all this social media, we see a lot more uninvolved parenting and I think it's um well, you know, it, it just goes to show. Look at how okay, now you have your um what is it your millennials, okay? I think your children and my children, they're millennials. They grew up with parents like us who, you know, we were we were teaching from what we had from our, our parents, but see, we come from some strict family, some strict parenting, but not wanting to be like our parents, we were a little more lenient. So I think we were kind of mm-hmm. like in the middle of number two and number three, not so much, not more permissive, but with rules. Mm-hmm. You know, trying to set, trying to set, um, trying to set limits and borders. Um, Boundaries, that's some word I'm looking mm-hmm. for. But um, our children grew up more responsible, you know, ready to take 
ready to take responsibility for their own actions because we did try to communicate with them more. We let them know, okay, you know what? Because I like for me, when whenever I had a chance to communicate with my children, it's like I didn't want to be anything like my mother. My mother was very abusive physically, emotionally, and mentally. I didn't want to be that to my children. So I tried to let them understand where I was coming from. And sometimes I tried to be their friend, and I learned that that didn't work because you can't be a friend and a mom because later they won't respect what you're trying to say to them or they won't want to have you as a friend. So I understood that I had to keep the parent side at all times, but it didn't stop me from communicating my standpoint or where I'm coming from with my children, and then that way they had a better idea of me. Mm-hmm. And you know what, and I, I don't think know that, that was part of, you know, when we start talking about some of the relational issues that the parents and the family have. Now, when we start talking about these issues and the relationship issues is a lot of times when we start talking about this, and I'm looking at something, and it comes from patientinfo.com, and they talk about family dynamics, and they talk about the many characteristics of families have changed during a period of three to five decades because Things have changed because, you don't, you know, back before in the day, even if, you know, parents got older, their kids would take care of them. And I know a lot of times my mother would say things, and she wanted our relationship to be different, or, but the relationship still kind of business was the same as it was that she had with her mother because when you know better, you do better. And sometimes these generational curses can occur. Now, we start talking about the potential problems. Sometimes there are social problems, including withdrawal, loneliness, loss of confidence, sometimes people have school problems, learning problems, alcohol, drug abuse, suicide, self-harming, self, and criminal behavior. And that could be a relational issue, too, between just some of the problems that some parents' children have. Discipline problems, including selfishness, defiance, unstable behavior, recklessness, deceitful, violent behavior, disruptive behavior, and educational problems. But when we start talking about how does this affect the family, the family conflict and discord, meaning the lack of structure and discipline and disagreement that occurs between the parent and child. You know, even as a therapist, Thea, when I see a young person disrespect their parent, that is a pet peeve for me because I have to go back and let them know, you know, if your parents allow this at home, you're not going to do this in my office. Because, and some people feel have this thing that respect is earned. I tell individuals, you got to give people respect whether they deserve it or not, because sometimes you have to teach people how to treat you. And even if your parents have done something to hurt you, you holding on to that is making you hurt yourself. Because people will take that and they will take it into other um, relationships. And I tell individuals even today, how can you say you love another person and you, don't, and you hate your parents? That trauma there, people don't realize how powerful that is. And sometimes we got to go back and restore or amend those relationships before it's too late. (laughs) Even if the parent has passed on or even if the parent has abused you, it doesn't mean that you're forgetting what happened to you, but you're healing from that process so that you don't carry that pain into other relationships and inflict it onto your children. Another thing when we talk about the, the parent-child relational issues that I'm finding, Thea, is when there's been marital discord, like divorce, separation, and that is and can have a negative effect 
and is caused by sometimes a disruption of parenting because the parent's ability to cope with the changes may be reflected in the child's ability also to cope. And that's another relational issue that a lot of kids and young adults are dealing with. Any comments in regards to some of the things I just shared? I think, okay, one thing that kind of um, hit me when you were talking was it comes back to, like you were saying, the mixed messages part. Because when it's, when when, we, when um, any kind of abuse is involved, if we don't try to, if it's just like, okay, do as I say and not as I do, if we don't explain to our children where we're coming from, like, I mean, it can't be just like, okay, this is the law. This is how it's going to be. Get with it or get out. Because what are we teaching them? We're teaching them defensiveness or we're telling them that we don't care. You don't matter to me. But if we tell them, look, I'm, I'm, I'm laying down this law like this, and if you can't live by it, you're going to have to hit the road because this is what I've learned from my past experiences. You know, and we can we can come at our children like that. Then, I mean, if they if they get mixed messages in that, at least they get a little bit of their parent to know where their parent is coming from. Because we don't give children enough credit, like you say, your little grandson to stand and tell you, I'm not the one either. Children understand a lot more than we give them credit for. So if we tell them where we're coming from and why we have these strict policies in effect, then we give them something to stew. And it's right. not just like, dang, she coming at me like that, or he just he just mean, or whatever. We give them something to process because that little mind is always working, no matter what age a child is. Right. But the more you we know, give them to put in there and process, the longer mm-hmm. we'll have control over them. You know, two things I want to share um, because Ryder finally got kicked out of school. Um, the last Uh-oh. incident, I kicked out. So. I got to go back to babysitting again, and we got to figure some things out. But it was so funny because teacher sent me a text message, and she said, now that my child has been kicked out of school, I got a perfect child. He's at home washing dishes, cleaning up. <laughs> you know, he just, uh, <laughs> he got a birthday coming up. So when his birthday comes, girl, honey, writer is on his best behavior. But now he just first, he, who gets suspended? He got suspended from school at three. And now he got kicked out, you know. So, but now he's on his best behavior, and and it's crazy because, like I said, I didn't have those type of children. But um, ooh, my grandkids, honey, they on a whole nother level. And um, mm-hmm. but what I wanted to say is, I remember with my mom, girl, my mother was putting us out at the age of ten. I used to say my mother was trying to make us homeless. She used to be like, get out. She would kick us out and then call our family members and tell the family members, don't let us in. I used to be like, this just don't make no sense. (laughs) Well, see, but that taught me to be independent and never put myself in a situation where I'm living with someone and they have the ability to kick me out. Because, honey, my mother would kick us out in a heartbeat. I used to take my clothes, girl, and hide them in the trash bag in the backyard so at least I would have some clothes, because she'll tell me I bought them clothes. They ain't your clothes. I used to be like, this woman is just straight crazy. Now, can we right. start? Mm-hmm. 
my mom was different in that effect. You know, she's always telling me that I could, you know, if I thought I was just grown and I could, you know, I could go make my, find my own home, do my own, I could hit the streets. You know, you, you can't listen to me and you can go, you can be out there on the streets. You go take care of yourself. And every time I ran away from home, my mom sent a detective to find me. So I was convinced my mother just wanted me to be miserable and she wanted someone to abuse because, okay, you're telling me to just get out then, but every time I leave, the detectives show up at my school to bring me home. Mm, my mother would only come look for us when we went to a party because I would sneak out and try to go to a party, and she would come with a hood, <laughs> with a with a blue roll ball girl with a 38 in her purse, I mean, in her pocket. They'd be like, is that your mother coming? I'm like, oh, Lord. So, but the thing is, and she didn't be because my mother was good. Somebody told me one time, they said, you know your mama was a gangster. You know your mama was a gangster. I used to be like, ooh, that woman was straight crazy. So, but when we start talking about these relationship issues, and when we start talking about trust, and when we start talking about the different family factors, a lot of times we talk about family factors. We have large families. We have the family stress, meaning the working parents, the job dissatisfaction, the, the fatigue, you know, the household chores, a lot of this stuff, um, violence in the home, child sex abuse, and trauma. Individuals don't realize how that can either make or break the relationship when we start talking about these relationships. And those issues can be a lot of different things. So let's just give the listeners some of the family issues that individuals talk about, because I know communication is one, and that's really big. And that's one of the things, because we'll say our parents don't listen or our parents were not supportive, and that affects our relationship. What are some of the other things that you can think of in regards to parent-child relational issues? I think a big part of it is... um I'm not sure how to say this. I'm going to say activities. You know, Mm -hmm. we're constantly knocking what children are doing today instead of saying, hey, why don't you show me how to do something like that? You know, we didn't do all that. Instead of saying, yeah, when when I was young, we did this and we did that. We don't we don't get we don't try to get involved in our children's activities, but we want to call them crazy before we even know what they're really doing. Our children, like the 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 millennials, they 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 coming up with ideas. I see a commercial for people order food that's ready to cook and you can have it done in ten minutes. That's a millennial thing. You know, if we take interest in our children's activities and try to instead of trying to tell them how warped they are or what we did when we was young, okay, we're not young anymore. They are. We need to take more interest in our children's activities. Mhm. That's true. And you know what? Because you can learn a lot. I had to go buy a printer today because my daughter, I put the printer in a shop. My daughter was like, why would you put the printer in a shop? I said, because I thought they could fix it. I said, but I'm mad because I put some ink in the printer before I freaking put the printer in a shop. And now I'm a, <laughs> I, I can't use. So now I'm waiting on the grandkids to show up so they can hook up my printer because I got a lot of work to do. <laughs> That is true. We need to learn to take interest because a lot of times one of the issues that individuals have is people feel that they don't spend enough time with each other. Now, another thing, too, Thea, that, and I'm getting this from Empowering Parents, and they talk about parents face many challenges, and this is some of the other issues that they claim in regards to that they found to be most difficult is how to parent the child you have and not the child you wish you had. A lot of times the relational issues Mm. come from rivalry because they felt that their parents chose sides or they become disengaged or, you know, avoid their parents or they're disconnected from their parents. They have a strange relationship. 
You know, and that's really sad because even to this day, we have parents and children that don't even talk to each other. They live in the same home, but there's no connection. That is a relational issue. Mm-hmm. Any I agree. I mean, no, I agree because, see, that's one more way where, like, Instead of saying, you know, I wish you this or I wish you that or I wish you this, find out what he is or what she is and roll with that. You know, like, you know, I noticed that you like to do this or I noticed that sometimes you want to be over here with this. So why don't you tell me what that's all about? What is it? Maybe maybe I can help you in that area, you know. Maybe it's just something you need. I mean, you know, you need some kind of supplies or something. Instead of always coming down on our children, we can't make them who they aren't. But if we try to love who they are, could you imagine how much closer we could be to them? And I'm, I've been learning that firsthand. Mm-hmm. My 31-year-old, you know, he took... He took me on a cruise this weekend. We didn't spend the whole time talking, but my son, by the time we, we had dinner at Outback State House, we didn't spend the whole time talking. We didn't even sit with each other on the cruise. But then when before the night got on, he didn't want the night to end. He wanted to go to the movies afterwards, but it was too late, and I had to think about getting back to Oceanside. But um, I said, you took a picture of me eating. He said, I took a whole bunch of pictures of you. That boy must have mm. took close to 100, mm. pictures, 100 pictures of me during the day. And that just really touched my heart. So I found out my son's not a big, heavy communicator. He just wanted to spend some time with his mom and not talk. And But I was able to enjoy the afternoon with him. That's great. That is great. Another thing when we talk about parent-child relational issues is what's considered tough love. A lot of times people don't understand oh. the tough because it's interesting because even with my son, some people think me and my son don't get along. Oh, we have a special mm-hmm. relationship. He don't want to leave me the heck alone. But sometimes we have to let our child experience the pain of natural consequences. Because if you're yes. constantly dumping your child out or you're constantly allowing and covering up for your kid, see, that was one of the things I swore I would never do. And even though my son don't get it, is sometimes he has to experience the pain of the consequences of his own behavior. Because we as humans, yes. we learn through an era, and it's often the best way to learn. Because when we try to bail our kids out of everything or cover some of the things that we they do, sometimes we don't help the relationship. We actually hurt the relationship. And then another thing we see what happens is they sometimes they have a sense of entitlement or they'll try, come and try to hide behind you. So right. we rob them. We rob them of their experiences when we do that. Just what you said. You you're letting him learn to. His own actions and the consequences. If we try to cover from our children, we rob them of valuable life experiences that they need to get in order to grow. That is true. That is true. Another thing is when we start talking about that is when we talk about some of the the issues that we um, have with our relationship is how to face judgment, shame, blame from others. Now, a lot of times we talk about just communication, and people take things personal. And we also have to understand if our parents have a mental health issue or if our child have a mental health issue or, you know, struggling with some things, we want to make sure we're not putting too much pressure on them and not blame shame because sometimes we'll say, well, my mother was depressed or my father was this or da 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 You know, we're good at that, especially when we get a little older. And I think, Thea, too, sometimes that leads to some of the disrespect. You know, just because mm-hmm. your parents 
not be the parents that you may want or the parents that your friends have doesn't give you the right to disrespect them. And the same as true with kids, because sometimes kids feel that their parents are closer to their friends than they may be to them. And sometimes they have right. animosity. And that could create a whole slew of problems when it comes to the relationship between the parent and the child. Right. Yeah, because it shows them. I mean, I think, see, I was guilty of that once with my, um, not my 31-year-old, my my younger son. And um, he, like, one time, he didn't talk to me for months because... He had a friend that he was really close to that would call me mama too. And I know I was mad at my son one time for something he did. And I made and I made a stupid comment like, this is my new son. My son didn't <laughs> talk to me for months. And I didn't realize, you know what, I, just, I, put, I put him before my son. I was doing it because I was mad. Like you said earlier that we shouldn't act out of our emotions. We should never parent out of our emotions when we're angry. And that's what I did, and it hurt my son. And by the time I realized how I had hurt him with that one stupid comment, you know, months had gone by. I didn't realize the damage that I might have done to him because I was angry. My feelings was hurt because he was cutting up because I wanted to try and stop him from living his life, not realizing he needed to go through those things, have those experiences so he could say he lived that kind of life and know what he wanted to do now. But here I'm going to turn to this other kid that was his best friend talking about this, my new son. Mm Mm-hmm. You know what? And they, they hold on to that. They will hold yes, I know. And um and that oh, right there definitely a problem because you know, our kids are gonna have certain behavior problems and we have to try to come up with some kind of solution and try to get our child some help. And a lot of times we may not know what to do, but it's best that we try to do something to at least let our children know that we do care. Because that is definitely an issue. I'm I, I remember my mother we would have this thing because my mother used to like taking us to the beach or taking us to the drive-in, and we'd go tell our friends, "Well, we going to the beach." We go, and my mother would say, "Oh, well, since you went and you told them you were going to the beach, I want you to know I'm taking them, and you can stay at home." Oh, I used to be mad. Wow. That made me. I learned how to keep my mouth closed. So <laughs> I'm not telling wow. nothing. <laughs> so you know, getting back to some of these different types of parenting styles too and how we can fix some of these relational issues as we start talking about these different things and why when we start talking about just positive parenting-child relationships is important. Because, again, the parent-child relationship is one that nurtures the physical and emotional social development of the child, even though this unique bond that every child and parent can enjoy and nurture. Because you do want to spend time with your parents. You know, sometimes my mother would get on my last nerve. But even though she passed away, and I'm about to now really have to deal with the anniversary of her passing because she actually took ill on February the 8th, and she passed away on February the 17th is the date that she passed. And this year would actually be 12 years since she passed. And part of me doing the Precious Predicaments Blog Talk Radio is actually keeping her memory alive in some of the things that, um, you know, she said she did. Now, why is this relationship important, some of the benefits? And just talking about when I was talking about the different types of um, 
relationship, whether it is secured and avoiding and why the secure relationship is so important is because the benefits. Young children who grow up with secure and healthy attachment to their parents stand a better chance of developing happy and content relationship with others in their life. It's very difficult for one to say, like I said, that they love another person if they're struggling with their relationship with their parents. Another thing, a child who has secure relationship with their parents learns to regulate emotions under stress and in difficult situations. You know, um, Thea, a lot of times individuals learn how to resolve conflict based on their parents, too. They learn how to either shut things down, become aggressive, become too emotional based on things that they saw and how they saw their parent respond. Another reason is it promotes the child's mental health and emotional development. It can help the child exhibit optimistic and confident in social behaviors. And healthy parent involvement and intervention, when we start talking about in regards to um, the child, is also the foundation for better social and academic skills. And a secure attachment also leads to healthy social, emotional, cognitive, and motivational development. Children also gain strong problem-solving skills when they have positive relationship with their parents. You know, I wish I could sometimes call my mother and, you know, share some things. I was just telling my daughter after we had writer's birthday party, because that Monday is a holiday, I got to go to the cemetery and put flowers on our grave. Even I got to visit a whole bunch of graves at the cemetery, but I still got to go. You know, so we have this warm, loving interaction, meaning to treat everyone and have the opportunity to connect with your child, to be warm in your expressions, give eye contact, smile, and encourage interactions. We need to set healthy boundaries. We need to listen and empathize with our children. And we have to learn how to solve problems because we have to do things differently and be available. Be available. You know, a lot of times young adults are not available for their parents because they thought their parent wasn't available for them. Any comments in regards to that? I think that's really important because, see, that was a big thing with um, my daughter and I. You know, I was not emotionally available to her, and now she's just like a cold piece, you know. Even though mm-hmm. her life is, I would say, a success, she's a college grad, she's working the career she wants, she does modeling on the side, but... I mean, she was engaged to a guy for like four years. I thought they was going to get married, and I just found out not too long ago they'd been broke up for about a year. And I mean, she don't, you would have never even known to look at her, you know, to see how everything's going on. But um, I think that's big, though, what you were just saying, you know, especially the empathetic part, you know, because if we get real about it, most of us, I mean, even your most high class, high society individual, they're not saints. They done done some stuff that if they'd have got caught doing, they'd have been in some trouble. And that's true for just about every single human being alive, unless they live in a convent or in a monastery, you know, and, and, they, and they were born there. But um, we have to empathize with our children because when we were growing up, we did some stuff. And if we just act out of anger, and see, that's why I think the communication, the first thing you mentioned, the communication is so important. We don't have to try to be our children's friends, 
But if we talk to them about our own experiences without giving them too much detail, just to let them know, hey, I know you're human. I'm human too. This is why I have these rules for you. These, mm-hmm. This is why I have such high expectations for you. Because if you, if you don't get nothing else from what I'm telling you, just know that the situation you're trying to put yourself in or the experiences you're trying to, you're trying to um, have, it could hurt you. You know, we yeah. let them know. Because we're not going to be able to stop them from doing what they do anyway. Right. Unless we right. just keep them on a rope and we can't do that. You know, but right. if, we, if we communicate and empathize with them, we can go a long way. Because children these days, that's what they want to know. You know, we can yeah. say, I love you, I love you, I love you all day long. But they want to feel respected. Correct. And they want you to show them. We have a caller on the line. And you know what? The, and I want to say, too, that's where we run into a lot of adolescent problems and kids joining gangs and getting on drugs. Right. Because they're looking for love and that acceptance. And a lot of that has to do with parent-child relationship issues. I tell individuals, kids are not bad. Sometimes they're angry. And if the parents don't know how to regulate their emotion, how are the kids going to learn how to regulate theirs? Let me log on this caller. Hi, this is Jeanette. Welcome to Precious Predicaments, number ending in four zero. How are you doing? I'm fine. Hi, Jeanette. This is Janelle. <laughs> okay, Janelle, thank you for calling. And I'm glad I kind of led into that introductory. And I saw the message you sent me, and you had shared some of the things that you do in regards to working with adolescents. Because I was talking about the, how the importance of this parent-child relational issues and some of the issues that a lot of kids that they have. I mean, I worked in juvenile hall, and I saw some of the kids that were angry, that there was sometimes a disconnect, sometimes it was an over-parenting, kids witnessing domestic violence, and a lot of these things was affecting their relationship with their parents. Tell the listeners who you are and what you do. Actually, I'm a life coach, and um, my whole um, theme is to motivate, mentor, and support in creating an incredible life. And then I also work as a facilitator for out-of-control adolescents. I'm a certified facilitator for that. And um, I work with youth in all different aspects of life. And one of the ones that I do focus on is working with them to help them to develop their self-esteem and self-confidence. And I use my every talent that I have, which one of the ones that I have an expertise in is a modeling coach. I try to transform their lives and get them to think beyond their blind spots and see how they can be of a better human being and how they can feel good about themselves, and I use it in the forms of modeling. So mm-hmm. um, I just I, I do a lot. <laughs> yeah. Now, I'm looking at your area code. Are you in the L.A. area? Yes, I'm in the L.A. area. Okay. You know, and that's interesting because I grew up in Compton. And growing up in Compton, I always say you can't teach what you don't know, you can't Mm -hmm. give what you don't have. And a lot of times our parents have been through so much, and not just in Compton and and a lot of the inner cities, and even in economical um, barriers or, you know, no matter how educated you are, people are going through some things because, you know, as a licensed therapist, and I have multiple offices in Orange County, Riverside County, San Diego County, and I have the ability to work with people from all walks of life. And it's just interesting how it still goes back to that root. 
in regards to when we start talking about self-esteem issues, a lot of it came from what they witnessed as a child or felt as a, the way they felt as a child. Or when you're looking at different things that's happening in the workplace or kids that are being bullied, you know, and just adolescent. Being an adolescent today is scary because it's so much stuff out there. And I commend you for the work that you're doing out there. And I keep telling people I need to open up an office in Compton. My niece just called me today about, Auntie, there's some people that need help in Arizona. I was like, look, I can't be all over the world. So I just <laughs> the best and I'm trying to build a team to get people together so we can start trying to do this to try to help and restore families and restore relationships. Now, I want to share some information, and it talks about eight ways to improve parent-child relationship, and this is coming from ThriveGlobal.com. And we know that there's no such thing as a perfect family, and parents may often think that they're doing what's best for their child because they love them. But by that same token, we don't realize sometimes the words that we say are powerful. And that's another thing we start talking about, just communication. It's not always just just um, basically the nonverbal communication. It's the words. We sometimes beat people up with words. And parents may not think that they're doing what's best for their kids because those actions may not necessarily be healthy. But as children grow up and reach their teenage years, this is usually when things turn for the worse. Arguments. When we start talking about these arguments may be frequent, misunderstood, they can be increased, and the parent begins to wonder what happened to their sweet child that they used to play with from time to time. So when we start talking about these arguments and holding grudges and resentment, and, and we know that forgiveness must be practiced, but I want to give you guys some different information. It says hug each other on a regular daily basis. My mother didn't know how to be affectionate. She didn't know. She would give us money. She would let us drive her car, but she did not know how to give us a hug. Another one is turn off technology devices during interaction. Thea, you kind of brought that up. A lot of times it can be hard to walk away from technology when you're connected by it, but we have to avoid the distraction. And these computers and stuff can be a distraction. And connect before transitions or large decisions are, are being made. Involve your children or your young adults in some of the decisions so that they know that they're part of the family. Another thing is make time to spend quality time with each other. That right there is huge, and it's never too late. And encourage emotions instead of shutting them out. Now, when we start talking about emotions, because emotions are messy, but it's important to be mindful towards each other's feelings. Don't be quick to dismiss them, especially during arguments, because regulating your emotions can be difficult when you're strongly affected by a situation. And that goes to holding grudges. A lot of times people start bringing up stuff that happened so long ago, people's perception of it has even changed. And keep an eye on their little joy. Listen to understand, not with the intent to react. Because when we start reacting, that gets us in trouble and respect boundaries. Now, Joel, anything else you want to share as we start talking about some of these things? What are some of the things in regards to the kids and the teenagers that you're working with? What are some of the ways that these relationships can have a happy ending or be restored? Um, one of the things that I can suggest is that we're not having enough authentic communication uh, conversations with our young ones. Basically, um, I can only explain it to you this way. A lot of times we have we love our children, but there's no connection. 
And so uh-huh. we're being authentic with connecting to our children. Um, I've had a conversation with my daughter, and I told her, I said, you know, I love you, and I know you love me, but we're not connected. And she said, well, what do you mean by that? I said, we're not connected. You know, I'm only here to do things for you, and you're only, you, you, you love me because of the things that I can do for you. I said, but mm-hmm. you're disrespectful. You don't, um, you, you, you're very disrespectful. You're very rude. And you don't come from a space of being loved. And she said, well, you know, Mom, sometimes you do this, you do that. And so what we did right then and there was we cleared it up and said, okay, I, I get your interpretations of what I sound like when I'm talking to you. At the same time, I'm, you're hearing my interpretations of how I feel about you. So from us being mm-hmm. able to do that, now I love her, she loves me, and we feel connected. Now mm-hmm. it's not a uh, coming from the space of I don't want to tell her because I think she's going to think this way, or I'm coming from a space of I don't want to say anything to her because I want to avoid an argument. So we Mm -hmm. were doing things and coming from a space that was not allowing us to connect with one another. So as parents, I think that we have to first be authentic with our children, and we have to let them know that I love you, but I don't feel connected to you. And the reason why I don't feel connected to you is because you only call me when you need something. Mm -hmm. You're only happy when I'm giving you something. So if I'm not giving you anything and if I can't help you in something, then there's, I don't feel love. I don't feel like you love me because you don't respect me. You don't treat me. You treat strangers better than you treat me. And so once we had that relationship, once we had that conversation, now we're connected because she knows how I feel about her and, and you I know, know what? how she feels about me. And we stopped doing the things that we did to just to hurt one another. Or to disrespect and you know what? Them. And I like how you put that together because one of the things is you listened and didn't take it personal. Because I remember my son called me one time and my daughter was in, my not my daughter my sister was in the background talking about if teacher get drunk she go tell her mama off and then Jeanette only knew what teacher and I'm thinking to myself my daughter do not bite her tongue when she got something to say to me she will say it and I listen I may not always agree I may not always want to hear it. Sometimes I tell people I'm the boss until teacher get here. When teacher get here, then she become the boss because she's forever trying to tell me what to do. But I respect her decision because she used wisdom. And I didn't realize that she was paying me attention when I was doing my things and that she was a kid. And sometimes people mm-hmm. hold on to that stuff, and sometimes you got to know how to let stuff mm-hmm. go. And when your child comes to you with these things, we got to listen and not Take it personal. And that's another way of restoring that relationship. And even when the parents are going to their children and they know their children is going astray or going the wrong way, we have to learn how to discipline with love. And a lot of times we're so busy yeah. pointing the finger and telling them different things, and it hurts them and it don't heal. Any comments in regards yeah. to that? And we have to be mindful of the space that we're in. When someone is communicating with us, we have to be able to say, what space am I in right now? Am I coming from the space of defense? Am I trying to force change? Am I trying to fix it? What space am I coming from? And then get out of that space and say, I just want to be have integrity. I want to be responsible. And I want to be generous. That means if my child is telling me something that I'm doing, then I'm going to have, I'm going to have integrity. Yes, you're right. I'm doing it. 
I'm going to be responsible and own it. And then I'm going mm-hmm. to be generous and apologize for what it is that I'm doing. We don't have enough of that going on because the parent comes from the perspective of who you think you are. What are you trying to tell me how to do? You don't know what you're doing. You're the child. I'm the adult. So we're coming from the space of defense. So before Mm -hmm. we go into that conversation, we have to say that that child is a full, complete human being. And that child Mm -hmm. is telling me how they feel about something I'm doing to offend them. So I have to have integrity. I have to be responsible and own it. And then I have to be generous to their feelings and their emotions. And this is mm-hmm. what is separating us from our children because we're coming from a whole different space because of something that has happened in our lives between the age of three and six. Oh, my mama told me that I was mean, so I'm going to be mean. Or my daddy said that I wasn't nothing. So now when that kid comes to you mm-hmm. and tells you, you go back to that old space of thinking that they're saying the same thing someone else is saying, and that's not the case. So we have to check ourselves and find out what position are we in, what, 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 what space are we in right now when, it, when this child is talking, and get out of that space and hear what the child is saying. Correct. And you know what? And a lot of times we be so hurt because either, you know, as an adult, your parents may have done the same thing to you, and we have to break these generational mm-hmm. curses. And these cycles, because I noticed that, like, even now Mm -hmm. as a therapist, I'm going back to teaching women how to be a woman. And you Mm -hmm. would think that people would know that, but they're in this place where they're hurt. And I know that I also have to be careful and mindful that they're fragile because people have probably broke them down and it affected their Mm -hmm. relationship and they're holding on to certain things that they don't want to let go. Because growing up Mm -hmm. changes everyone. You know, you're never too old to learn. And when we start talking about parents mm-hmm. and children, when they grow older together and experience the change in themselves and their relationship together, it's not only about the incredible changes in the children over time, but I tell individuals sometimes we don't even know how to parent young adults. We just always view them as children. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they don't want to hear that. But life mm-hmm. is, like we say, life is short, tomorrow's not promised, and we do have to do better with restoring these relationships. Now, Thea, I'm going mm-hmm. let you say what you want to say. What do you want to tell the listeners as we end this show today? What I just you think wanna- that's huge. I think that's huge what Janelle said because it just falls down to, it comes back to we just need to level with our children, let them know that we're humans too, we're going to make mistakes, but so that we can be as fair to them as possible, we need to know them as much as possible. Mm-hmm. And know your child is mm-hmm. a unique individual. Okay, and Joel, yep. what do you want to tell the listeners as we end the show today? Um, just come from a space of love and just understand that our children are human beings and they're perfectly designed human beings. And don't go into the assumption of how you think they're going to respond to you when you say something. Just be authentic, speak from the heart, and just be integrity, responsibility, and generosity. Right. You know what? And they will definitely appreciate that. And I appreciate you, Janelle, and I appreciate you, Thea, for joining me here at Precious Predicaments Blog Talk Radio. And like I had indicated earlier, we're going to be doing some workshops. I'm going to be putting some things together because there's so many individuals that are hurt out there and hurting out there. And there's mm-hmm. a saying that hurt people will hurt other people. And it's very difficult to engage in a healthy relationship with someone or anyone if you've never, and you don't even know what a healthy relationship is. You know, we used to watch things. Mm-hmm. I used to tell people, 
watch shows like The Brady Bunch, and we didn't know that they had a dysfunctional family. Then we had The, the Partridge mm-hmm. Family. We had The Cosby Show. And we learned from television because we didn't have no one to teach us these things. And now individuals are going to therapy, but you want to make sure that you can connect with your therapist too because that therapeutic relationship or your life coach is very, very important because there are people out there that are qualified that can help you. And when a person is healed from their past, let them heal. Don't try to bring up those scars or those stones because all that does is show another person's immaturity because they don't see the growth. But we do have to go back to respect to one another. So, again, I want to thank you for joining us here at Precious Predicaments Blog Talk Radio. Now, tomorrow I had to come up with a topic. So I'm thinking about denying the flesh. How do you deny the flesh? So I'm going to have to run it by my people to be. So we're going to talk about that tomorrow at Precious Predicaments Blog Talk Radio. Any comments, suggestions, concerns, don't forget to subscribe. And you can contact me by um, several different methods. So, again, thank you for joining us here at Precious Predicaments Blog Talk Radio. And until tomorrow or until next week, remember, you got this. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.